But it seems like there's a lot of cross currents going around. I mean, it just seems kind of like a stuff happening. Prince and the power of the air is at work, and maybe we're distracted. Like I said, it, it could just be me, but <clears throat> that's enough usually. So let's be praying that God would speak to us and uh, be praying for me that I'd be able to speak correctly the word of the Lord and what I believe He wants us to do. Um, <clears throat> as you know, starting to build a house and uh, my mind races continually. I don't know if I wake up 3 o'clock in the morning and my mind is just going. Not that there's anything wrong. I just just races. can't stop it. like to stop it. Sometimes I say, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. And back to foundations and plumbing and this, that, and the other thing. And I think about, you know, the children in the church and stuff like that. <clears throat> and it just keeps racing, goes back to rebar. And uh, so that, that gets to be, it gets to be wearing. Uh, <clears throat> but so it seems... That God allows things into our lives, uh, and He works through those things, that His purpose would be established in our lives. <clears throat> I don't know about you, maybe your minds are always totally at perfect peace, and you're just always thinking about, I don't know, walnettos or something. You know, it's just peaceable things. And Walnettos is a candy, by the way. I, I don't know what it is. I've never had them. <clears throat> My wife tells me they're very good used to be an old show on TV. They talked about walnettos. That's how I know it, but I never know what a walnetto was. But it seems like there's we're, we are thrust into the midst of a great war. <clears throat> now, as I start this morning, it's something that we need to remind ourselves, or I need to remind myself, that there is a God. There is a God. And... He has created the heavens and the earth. He's created, uh, if you want to say he's created the church, he's got a purpose, and he's called us according to that purpose. But it's important just to start out from that premise, and that's the premise the Bible actually starts from. The Bible never proves God, never tries to verify his existence, but it starts out, God. In the beginning, God. And we need to come back to that to remind ourselves, remind the children, speak to one another, that there is a God. And that's the whole purpose for the Lord Jesus Christ coming. So, let's open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians. And as we're opening there, as we were worshiping, the idea, or the Scriptures came to me, about Jesus overcoming the world. Be of good cheer because... He has overcome the world, the Bible says. Where's that? Is that in John? Yeah. I couldn't find it. I was looking for it earlier. But, you know, we need to be of good cheer that Jesus overcame the world. And he was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. But then as I was looking at that, and maybe like, again, maybe some of you have these battles that go on. But yet, even those, these battles that go on are what God has ordained and allowed for His purpose to be fulfilled in our lives. But Jesus overcame this world. And as I looked at that story, I go, well, how did He overcome the world? You know, we would think, well, He overcame the world. You know, He became uh, Donald Trump or something. And, you know, he, uh, and, you know the, the, they thought that He was going to be 
the Messiah, he was going to wipe out all the Romans. He didn't do that. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, And the devil came to Jesus, but found no place in him. There was no place where the devil could rule over him, govern him, have something on him to accuse him or to bring him into sin. And so what does it mean to overcome the world? See, sometimes, have you ever felt like maybe you haven't overcome the world? But the Bible says in John also, we've overcome the world. So what does that mean? Well, Jesus overcame this world system. He overcame the prince and the power of the air. He overcame this world in that he served God in this world. He did God's purpose. He worshipped God. He did. He fulfilled the call of God in his life. He wasn't like successful as we would think success was. But he was overcame the world. He came into this world to destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And so when we look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see the Son of God made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. But we also know that he overcame the world. And so it was, and it's completely in the gospel story is our story of life. And we, we sometimes really lose it in there. Because we tend either to be all flesh or all flake. <laughs> I was going to say spiritual, but we're not even sure of what that means. But Jesus overcame this world by doing the will of the Father. And sometimes we get mixed up about what that may be. I mean, I do. Because I've got, you know, I've got something, I've got a law in my members, as Romans talks about. Let me just read that. I believe it's in Romans 7. You don't, just stay in Corinthians. But I see, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. But Jesus overcame that. Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are. But in us, we have a warfare. That we, when, when I desire to serve God, when I desire to do good, evil is present. Now, there is the dilemma that we have as man. So, in, first, in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 17, we'll start there and perhaps read more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. To the wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There's been a great spiritual work we call it the great trade, the great exchange that we don't totally understand. But he that overcame the world, he, the Son of God, who knew no sin, became sin 
for me. For what reason? Well, that I would be the righteousness of God in Christ. So it's, the Bible talks about that right now. If you're in Christ, anybody in Christ, then what is it? We're a new creation. We're a new creation. Why? Well, because Jesus created us new. Because He became sin. And this is where the gospel message, this is where the born again, we talk about being born again. It's coming to the place, the revelation, the calling that says, Lord, I'm unable to be righteous. Lord, I am by nature a sinner. Lord, by nature, everything I do would be against you. I'm helpless. See, repentance is, repentance is even a gift. I can't even repent unless God would give me the ability to do so. And so we can't even like, sometimes we, we bring the gospel down to, well, I'm just going to change. Lord, I accept that I'm a sinner. And I'm accepting that you became sin. That right now, you have made me the righteousness of God because of who and what Jesus has done. And as we come to that, then we realize that we're a new creation. And we're here by God's calling and by God's choice and by, by His work. And, he, you know, then we have the, this thing of, of why are we here? You know, it's not because we're not all there. But he's called us because he says it was God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And it's, we're here in this time by God's, this is God's plan. And it was God was in Christ reconciling the world. It wasn't man trying to reconcile himself to God. That's religion. That's our own good works. But it was God reconciling the world unto Himself in that we were dead and helpless. God sending His own Son in the form of sinful flesh without sin was able to redeem mankind for His purpose. That we now also should live, it says, in Christ's place, we're saying be reconciled to God. We're now as ambassadors, we've been sent forth by, by the gift of God. Not of our own selves, not of our own righteousness, but by the power of God of what Jesus did, we're saying, be reconciled to God. This is the work that God has called us to do, because He made Him to be sin, that knew no sin, that right now we're a new creation. Now, walking as that new creation is the work. Is the work. Now, what happens... turn our Bibles to, well, let's, let me read Galatians. Galatians chapter 4. There was a time that we knew not God. See, and it's important to understand that we only know God by revelation. And it talks about here in Galatians, verse 8, How be it then, when ye knew not God, ye did serve unto them which by nature were no gods. But now, after that ye know God, or rather are known of God, how can ye turn again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto you desire to be in bondage again? So there was a time that we knew not God. We were unconscious of God. And what did we do then? Well, we served God. See, we served what we thought was God. And then the warning here is, is to the, Corinthians, the Galatians is not to go back to that knowledge of the unknowledge of God. 
it's easy to fall back into that place to the beggarly elements. And what does he say? What beggarly elements? Well, it talks about the law. It talks about just doing your own thing. It talks about what you think God would want to do. You know, going back, you know, not observing days and months. Saying there was a time that we knew not God. But what happens was, is when, when, the, when the, the great exchange takes place, we come to the knowledge of God. We come to the knowledge of God. And it's that knowledge, it's our, talking about our eyes of our understanding are open, that there is a God. There's a true and living God, and His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. But even that needs to be defined, because just like the Galatians, I can go back to the weak and beggarly things. And that's why it says in, in, the, in Colossians, I believe, don't go, do not serve idols. It's easy to go back to idol worship. We may scratch off the name of the idol and call it Jesus, but it's not coming from the revelation of who the God of the Bible is. It's coming from my own fleshly man that once lived without the knowledge of God, but still worshipped gods. Now there's where the battle is. And God has left us in the world that we too, as Jesus Christ overcame the world, that we should be followers or disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, that through the power of God, we too can overcome the world. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean we're going to be rich, not going to have no problems. We're not going to be doing it. It means that we are going to glorify God as Jesus did the will of the Father. We also are to walk in newness of life and to do the will of the Father. And so God has given us what, you know, the Bible talks about. Where is that? Psalms 119. Psalms 119, verse 5. There is a God. And the Bible teaches us who that God is. And it's going to come against some of that old knowledge or the sin nature that's in us of what we think God should be. Or who what I used to worship as God in my fleshly nature. So, David here is talking. He says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God, the Bible, is to illuminate or to show us the way. How to walk. He's going to show, it's a light and a lamp that's showing us, where? Psalms 119. Where are you guys all looking at me? 105. What did I say? Oh, liar, liar, pants are fine. The Word of God. So having a lamp unto our feet. See, because when, when we don't have the lamp, we become blind. When we revert back to some old things. And so, you know, as, as, as some things that go on in our lives... You know, so what is the purpose that we're, we're here for? That why, was that, why did Jesus then became, become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God? Why has He made us a new creation? Well, it's for us then to walk in newness of life. 
and to walk in a place to where we too can overcome the world and be sons of God like the word came this morning, co-heirs with Jesus Christ, with God's children to overcome this world. Now, Philippians chapter 3. See, what, what is it to overcome the world? Well, it's to obey Jesus. It's to love him. It's to be, have our minds renewed. And so here Paul is talking about, because it's, it's sometimes easy to forget who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. Because there's a lot of press in this world. See, a lot of times we, a lot of people are not, they don't overcome the world. The world overcomes them. We give place to, you know, old the old knowledge. We give place to the, you know, when we knew not God. We, wor- we still worship gods. See, we still, and that's what Galatians said, when you knew not God, you worshiped other gods. Well, there's a battle going on. We know that there's lo- gods many and lords many, the Bible says, but we believe there's one true God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and His Word then illuminates and lights our path to show us who He is and who He's not. And when the light comes, it usually shows what? Jesus made it real clear. The reason the light comes is to show our darkness, to show where we're walking incorrectly. And usually when that happens, you get mad. That wouldn't be overcoming the world. See, that would be picking up some of our old nature. And so, we want to walk as a new creation. And Paul here talks about what it is to walk as that new creation in a different way. We talked about he was pressed out of Asia so he wouldn't hope in himself. And that hope needs to be reduced. Because so, a lot of our, our, our trust in ourselves, you know what the Bible says about a person who trusts themselves? They're a fool. Anybody qualify here? Okay. Well, that person should be on the cross with the Lord, our old man. But it's easy, see, our old nature is there, along with the new creation that's within us. And Jim used to talk about practicing the Word. You know, we haven't heard that for a while. But the, here's, here's the lamp unto our feet. Well, I need to practice it. There's something I need to, like, exercise myself in godliness. I need to exercise the new creation and kill, mortify the old nature. So Paul talks about, in verse 4, Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any other man think that he has, whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. He's saying, I got the same problems. You think you got problems, I would have it more. But a lot of what we trust, we trust our own goodness. See, we trust that old nature of not knowing God. When Paul talks about here is his flesh, he's not talking, I used to be a sinner, used to, you know, go out in the garage and smoke. I was drinking, chased girls, had bad... That's not what he's talking about. That would be, you know, one expression. That would be bad enough. But in our best state, in our best state, we're altogether haters of God. And that's where the axe needs to go to the root of the tree. We talked about that. How does Jesus show himself to the the Pharisee? How did the Pharisees see Jesus? Well, they saw him as a sinner, as the devil. They didn't see him as a righteous person. 
He's hanging around sinners. He's hanging around the drunks. He's got prostitutes around him. You know, he's 12. They don't got... They, they saw him as a sinner. Many times Jesus is going to come and, and reveal the same thing he revealed to Paul, the Pharisee in you. And, you know, when that happens, see, the woman comes in with the alabaster box, does a great work. Has, any, has, has God ever done a great work in, in your life and have you murmured about it? I wonder why you do that. Well, he's going to say, whoa, that, that was me. That was me. He said, circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, of, of, of Hebrews touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is of law, blameless. These are the things he doesn't want to trust in his life. Those are the things that most of us are shooting for. Boy, if I only got it together. Man, if I just could control, if I... He says, I want to lose all that. Whoa. Because, see, subtly, we don't want God in our life. See, when the Word of God comes to us, it reveals. It reveals. We'll, we'll look at that. Well, let's look at it right now since we're talking about it. Let's turn to uh, Genesis chapter. We'll come back there. Genesis chapter four, five. Genesis chapter four. Genesis chapter three. There we go. Now. When man sinned, it threw the whole universe, particularly mankind, onto another track. However, God's purpose hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. He's still using all that he's created, because in his creation, it says even his creation talks about the glory of God. His creation manifests the things of God. And that's why when he sent, he, he, the, the gospel comes, he sends Jesus. God was in Christ. He was made flesh and he walked in this world. God is going to use in this world just as he used the garden. And it's in those things that God is going to be made manifest in our life or our old nature will be made manifest. So in the beginning, God, in the beginning, God, Everything's great. Adam had an instinctive, I believe, like an intuitive knowledge of God. You don't see Adam praying and worshiping and having to do all this kind of stuff. He just seemed to be, like I said, the sin nature was not found in Adam. He basically, whatever he did, he did to the glory of God. There was not, I wonder if I should do this because it's not. No. He named the animals. He named them to the glory of God. When he walked through the garden, he walked through the garden to the glory of God. When he saw Eve, he saw her to the glory of God. Okay, there was never a problem with him not glorifying God. Just as the second man, Adam, who was then going to have to overcome the world, he did all that he did pleased the Father. Jesus prayed in, in John 17, I've glorified your name. And the Father says, I will glorify I will glorify." Yeah, I glorify your name and I will glorify it. I've always done that which is pleasing in your sight. Now, when that nature is there, that's the new creation that Jesus Christ puts in us himself. The, the Spirit of God comes in us that is desire to glorify God. Because we have come to a knowledge that there's a God. There really is a God and I'm far from him. 
and I'm nothing like him. But for God so loved the world, see, not that we're so lovable, not that we're working up, but it's God's nature to love us, and he has got a purpose for loving us. And he's through that love and that purpose that he's called us the great spiritual exchange in our lives that he became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. And now as that new creation, we need to be those that are serving God. But what happens when sin enters in? Sin enters in, and it's interesting what happens. In verse 6 of chapter 3. So we see Adam and Eve, they're all doing all to the glory of God. And then the woman saw... The tree was good for food. Where was that? Where was Eve? In the garden. What's another word? What, what can we call that nowadays? Yeah, what? Outside? That's cute, yeah. Yeah, life. She was just in life. Going to the, you know, going to Safeway. Had her coupon box. She's going, you know, going past. The, the tree was right in the middle of the garden. She was going to pick up, you know. Her grocery list. And there was the tree. See, God hasn't removed us from life. See, now I have, a, I have a major problem with that. Because when I knew not God, my God removed me from life. And so I find myself, unlike, not like Job. See, Job did something really unusual. What did he not do? Yeah, he didn't curse God with his mouth. He didn't accuse God foolishly with his mouth. Anybody condemned? Yeah, well, don't be condemned. Jesus already took it. But it is good to know that that wouldn't be the new creation. When we're, you know, we'd be going back to, oh, some idols. My God would never do that. That's the reason for the Bible. See, there is a God. And he's, not, he's, he's about overcoming the wicked one. He's about glorifying. See, what the gospel message is, is not about me at all. There's the major problem. We have a revelation that it's all about God and that he has, he has a purpose. And see, Adam and Eve never have a problem with that until they throw out the knowledge of God. Then the knowledge of God becomes like a thorn in the flesh. Are you alive back there? Yes, okay. Good. Yeah, okay. So she's on her way to Safeway. And she notices something. That the tree was good for food. You ever notice some things in your life that seem to be good? But God says, that mean old God. How many people have ever had a mean old God? Well, that would mean already that I'm back under the law. See, I'm being, it's not a love relationship. There's a tree over there. It's got good fruit on it, and God won't let me have it. I'm already sinning. See, I've already lusted after something. That wouldn't be the new creation. That's where we need to practice the word. So, you're going to notice some good things. And that mean old God, he's going to say you can't have them. Have you ever had anything like that? Have you? Yeah. See, we need to recognize thoughts. We'll get to that. It would, you know, it looked good for food. And you know what? I like looking at it. I, I like that. Anybody have some nice stuff that 
God just won't let you have? Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be the other nature, the sin nature, the fleshly nature, the nature that doesn't know God. And I guess something else. It would make you wise. How many people have a better way? How many people wonder why, you know, I can't do this? How come it just doesn't go smooth for me? What's the deal with this cross anyway? You know, how come, how come? Has anybody have any how comes in your life? Well, we're dwelling on some things that aren't the Lord. David talks a lot about meditation. I'm reading Psalms. <laughs> talks about his meditation. Thinking about the Word of God. Meditating on the Word of God. You know, we have to do that. Because if not, I might be on my way to do the will of God. And there's going to be a tree. And it's going to look good for food. It's going to have some benefits. It's going to, everybody else seems to be looking at it. I like to look at it. And it's, you know, I think it's a better way. And guess what? Once you start thinking like that, you know what happens? Well, James talks about the process of sin. Every man is enticed when he's drawn away of his own lust. Well, wait a minute, God. How come you're doing this? Have, have your conversations with God ever started like that? Anybody? Somebody help me out here. Oh, thank you. I thought maybe it was just me. How do they usually end up? When they start out like that, they really end up bad, don't they? Yeah, how come, God? I don't know why. And, you know, I don't know why I get treated like, you know, why don't... No, no, no. Lust, every man is enticed when he's drawn away of his own lust. When lust conceives, when it kind of gets the better of you. Well, I don't see anything wrong with that. What's the deal? You know, and God don't let me have it. When lust conceives, it brings forth your own works. That's all sin is, is my own works. God said, don't eat of the tree. Wait, I figured it out. I'll eat of the tree. My own works. When your own works are fulfilled, do you know what it brings forth? Hut. Come on, somebody, everybody. Death. Yeah. Well, then that would have to bring us back to the cross, wouldn't it? And we'd have to repent. And we'd have to say, Lord, I wasn't walking as that new creation. 